hello there, you Awakening Wonders on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you download your podcasts. We really appreciate you, our listeners, and want to bring you more content. We will be delivering a podcast every day, seven days a week. Every single day, you'll get a detailed breakdown of current topics that the mainstream media should be covering. But if they are covering, they're amplifying establishment messages and not telling you the truth. Once a week, we bring you in-depth conversations with guests like Jordan Peterson, RFK Jr., Sam Harris, Vandana Shiva, Gabor Mate, and many more. Now enjoy this episode of Stay Free with Russell Brand. Remember, there's an episode every single day to educate and elevate our consciousness together. Stay free and enjoy the episode. Hello there, you Awakening Wonders. Thanks for joining us on our voyage to truth and freedom. Remember, you can support our content by becoming an Awakened Wonder. We make additional videos every week and do live interviews with political figures, journalists, real journalists, I'd call them, that you will enjoy. There's a link in the description. If you can join us, join us. Join our movement. For surely now more than ever, it's become evident that people that once existed on the periphery with marginal views were in fact the adults in the room. Those of you that were saying, have they had enough time to conduct these clinical trials? Are you sure there's not adverse events? Does natural immunity suddenly mean nothing? Are you supposed to vaccinate in the middle of a pandemic? All of those questions that sort of sounded reasonable at the time have now been officially deemed reasonable as a result of the largest ever multinational study that has revealed, as you already know, not as a result of this study because you knew already, that vaccines cause adverse events. I wonder though, given some of the connections and funders of this study, whether this is damage limitation or how this will play out because the CDC are involved in this study, Pfizer are involved in this study. So I'd love to know in the comments what you think is happening strategically. Is it that there's been such a swing well of information from independent media, from radical renegade, you know, Harvard and Stanford scientists that now the truth is unignorable and unavoidable. Let's get into it. It's a question so many people have wondered. Does the COVID-19 vaccine have an impact on my health? Yeah, <laughs> so many people have wondered. Making it, I was like, oh, they're men on the moon. I do wonder sometimes, did we actually go to the moon? I mean, that flag looks strange. When is there more than one light source? Now we're like at the point of acknowledging the people who go, excuse me, I had a bloody heart attack. I was a world-class athlete. Now I can't stand up straight. My face hurts. My lip isn't moving bright. Many people have wondered if they're being lied to on an unprecedented scale. Here's the news. You were. Now, the largest COVID study ever conducted is providing some answers. A link between the vaccine and heart and brain disorders has been uncovered. Oh, bloody hell. Armageddon, the apocalypse. What's interesting and what will be interesting is how this is seeded into the mainstream, how it is mitigated and how it's offered as a kind of palliative when really what I'd like to see at this point is world leaders and Albert Baller coming out and sort of standing with their hands crossed in front of their reproductive organs. So I'm very, very sorry we lied on a massive scale about this product. What they'll do is I suppose minimize this and use this as an example of transparency. But this is not an example of transparency. This is an example of what has had to happen as a result of constant pressure and the ongoing inevitable revelation of a medication that's this controversial and has had this degree of negative impact. If this could have been avoided, it would have been avoided, but it couldn't be avoided. And you participate in that. So well done. Yeah, researchers with Global COVID Vaccine Safety Project reached this conclusion after collecting data from nearly 100 million people across 
across eight different countries. Today, I spoke with a local medical expert who says the COVID vaccine still outweighs the risks. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. We also talked to everyday people about their attitude toward getting the shot. Um, I'm going through a lot of mental and physical um, things now after, and it wasn't like that before. Elizabeth Foster says she questions if the COVID-19 vaccine she took in 2020 has anything to do with the decline she says she's experiencing in her health. Let's for a moment pause and acknowledge that now you can have someone on the news saying, I'm worried that this vaccine's giving me headaches and making me feel not very well. Because it's not that long ago that actual news anchors went, you should be shamed if you ask questions about this vaccine. I think we have to stop coddling people. When it comes to this and the vaccine saying, oh, you can't shame them. You can't call them stupid. You can't call them silly. Yes, they are. Oh, seems that you've changed your perspective. Now, let's remember their tone and the temperament during the pandemic period. People were hysterical and ridiculous. It's irresponsible. You shouldn't be allowed to say that. Or whole companies were employed to censor information online. Experts telling the truth, trying to pre-warn us. Oh, excuse me, this could cause heart disease. You don't use spike proteins in this way. Uh, excuse me, I actually invented this process and this isn't how I intended it to be. Shut up. You are all hysterical vaccine denial. You are killing people's grandmothers. Many of you will have the British Prime Minister and former Moderna investor Rishi Sunak pilloried on a TV news programme by someone who themselves said that they're suffering from vaccine injury. It seems that the evidence is mounting at such a rate that it's become unignorable. I spoke recently with Pierre Corey, and you can see that interview in full on our channel, who was one of the people who very early on in this pandemic period raised the alarm about the nature of these treatments. This information has been available for some time. I'm fascinated to see how this is going to play out now that it's permeating these spaces. Foster still digesting the new data released by the Global COVID Vaccine Safety Project, which studied nearly 100 million vaccinated individuals across eight countries. The report specifically looked at the adverse effects of the Pfizer, Moderna, and AstraZeneca vaccines, finding the following. The study links vaccines to slight increases in neurological blood and heart-related conditions like myocarditis, pericarditis, and Guillain-Barr syndrome. What I suspect is happening here is that there has become increasing cynicism about vaccines more broadly and perhaps the medical establishment and pharmaceutical industry as a whole and that a measure has had to be undertaken in order to mitigate unprecedented cynicism. Because prior, if you recall, to the pandemic, companies like Pfizer were regarded with a good deal of suspicion. We're coming off the back of the opioid crisis that revealed that pharmaceutical companies, in particular Purdue Pharma, put their profits ahead of the well-being and welfare of their customers, were willing to influence, bias, manipulate physicians in order to prescribe medications that they knew were dangerous. That showed us a template that we could have observed at the beginning of this pandemic. Now that that template appears to have been repeated, if not to such an extreme degree, I would say this is a strategy to manage the growing and I would say warranted mistrust of an entire industry. And I think what this study confirmed is pretty much what other smaller studies have said in the past. And that's the following. Number one, vaccines have risks. I think only a fool would say vaccines don't have risks. Where was that kind of reasoned, balanced conversation at the time? Forgive me if I seem hyperbolic and outraged and evangelical. It simply disgusts me to a degree to see this information now framed in the spaces that were so obedient and compliant and propagandizing during that period and who contributed to whatever number it was and, you know, stay tuned 
tuned that were detrimentally affected by the propaganda and the unwillingness to have open discourse at the time when it was most relevant. Dr. Jonathan Cantor, who's an adjunct scholar at the Penn Center for Clinical Epidemiology and Biostatistics, reviewed the study. Cantor says the new research shouldn't erode anyone's trust in the vaccine, but instead prompt them to think about their own personal medical condition. Oh, think about your own personal. Do you remember how many times you watched dancing vaccines, musical numbers? This isn't about you. You're socially irresponsible. And when people went, has it been clinically trialed for transmission? You're a conspiracy theorist. Now, where they're getting to is where we were like two or three years ago. So you stay where you are now because they'll get here in their own need for protection. What do you say to those folks who might have said, hey, we knew the vaccine was dangerous all along? Now here's the proof. There's no such thing as a drug that has an effect without a side effect. So everything has potential risk. The problem is, what is the risk of the thing that you are trying to prevent? And that's where it comes into play. So, for example, if you have a for parents, right, if you've got a healthy three year old who's had COVID four times already. Well, then I'd say, I don't know what the benefit is that you're going to get from getting that vaccine today. Actually, an even bigger principle than a child that may have natural immunity is this principle. Open, reasoned conversation, bodily autonomy, free will, personal sovereignty, open mindedness, a communal space of mutual trust and mutual respect instead of propaganda, condemnation, shaming, supporting the agenda of the pharmaceutical industry, taking advantage of an opportunity to assert authoritarianism when it appears now it was not legitimate and it was incorrect. So even though it seems perfectly reasoned now to say, well, if a child's already had it and children aren't dying of COVID, what would be the point? That's what everybody was saying. What they're trying to frame this as now is, oh, there's a small risk of a whole bunch of stuff that people were talking about for ages. But in general, all all facts, it almost goes without saying. It certainly did go without saying. I remember what they were saying and more importantly, what they were singing and dancing and propagandizing. And I remember more importantly, what they were extracting. True information was censored. So it's not like, oh, you know, now we've had a little bit of time, we've done some studies, there may have been a few innocent mishaps along the way. Why did you need legal indemnity at the advent of this then? Why was so much money spent on organisations like Logically AI and various other censoring public voices that were outspoken on this subject? Mostly, certainly speaking for myself, simply regarding personal sovereignty, bodily autonomy, open conversation, legitimate experts from across the spectrum of opinion being incorporated into the broader narrative given that we're demanding unprecedented measures. You can't pretend now all this ever was was a few innocent hiccups <laughs> along the way as to be expected. All medicines have signed it. I don't think so. So in a sense, even this study is like, and now for the International Gaslighting Study, that will reveal small mitigating conditions without acknowledging the phenomenal thing that's just taken place. But if you tell me that you've got a, you know, 85 four-year-old in a nursing home that uh, somehow came out of a time machine and is now entering the world in 2024 and has never had a COVID vaccine. Well, I think actually we've got some bigger questions now. How does that time machine work? And can we use that to go right back to 2019 and say, right, you're going to hear some crazy stuff now, but just remember these principles. Bodily autonomy, personal sovereignty, clinical data. Let's have a look at when some of these things were patented, by the way. Could you tell us everything you know about dual-use research? What the hell has been going on in Wuhan? Has Anthony Fauci ever been involved in any business dealings with the Eco Health Alliance and DARPA. Seeing how we're being so open and seeing how we got a time machine, let's get into the nitty gritty. Well, for that person, I'd say, well, then we really have to think about whether COVID vaccine makes sense for them.
Uh, and as you heard Dr. Cantor, they're saying, you know, his biggest takeaway, and mine too after doing the story, was that, you know, you have to look at your own personal uh, risk and, and whether or not you have any, any contributing factors that could lead to, um, you know, some kind of complications. But I'm sure there are a lot of you who listen to that story, and like me, I'm sitting there going, what has happened over the past couple of years? You know, I had the COVID shot, I had COVID, um, and then dealt with pericarditis like just this past Christmas. So I never had heart problems before, so I wonder. Right. You know, now I'm going to be doing some more research to figure out what in the world. Yeah. Don't do your own research. That would make you a conspiracy theorist. Certainly don't broadcast that research, because if that information is true, it will be regarded as malinformation. Next week on News, Joy is unable to join us today because she mysteriously died of being, well, a little too obedient. How astonishing to watch the actual news reach the point that a lot of people are at at the very beginning. Personal autonomy, diligence inquiry, good-hearted in every sense of the word, open-mindedness and clarity of communication. Instead, if you remember what we got is Albert Baller on shows that were sort of vaguely like The View being celebrated as if he was Justin Bieber with a syringe instead of a winky-woo. And, and it, it's always good to check with your, your general practitioner, check with your doctor. And these are the questions and conversations that you need to have. Oh, what? Conversations with your doctor? How many doctors were struck on my met to this week, doctor? to Pierre Corey, Meryl Nass. Physicians are like, oh, I'm not sure that that's the right thing. You're a lunatic, you gal. Oh my God, what's going on? When you need to decide whether or not you want to get the COVID-19 shot or any vaccine for that matter, based on your own personal health. Great story. Thanks, Tarek. <laughs> that was amazing. The news finally catches up. Also, what's the point in keep funding Ukraine against a country that's got nuclear weapons? And why would they blow up their own pipeline? And it just doesn't make sense that that bullet would bounce around like that before killing JFK. Shut that's enough. That is enough news. Here's a bit more information on that study. A new study on COVID-19 vaccines that looked at nearly 100 million vaccinated individuals affirmed the vaccine's previously observed links to increased risks for certain adverse effects, including myocarditis and Guillain-Barre syndrome. They confirmed that the shots made by Pfizer, Moderna and AstraZeneca are linked to significantly higher risk of five medical conditions, including a nerve-wasting condition that leaves people struggling to walk or think. But otherwise, okay, what are the side effects? You may not be able to walk or think, but that cough that people have been getting, you don't need to ever worry about that or think about it or anything again. Now just get out of the office. I can't. But the study also warned of several other disorders. Oh, not just walking and thinking. Several other disorders that they said warranted further investigation, including the links between a brain swelling condition and Moderna's shot. Good news, everyone. Among their discoveries was a twofold increase in the risk of a neurological condition known as Guillain-Barre syndrome, an autoimmune disorder in which the immune system attacks the body's peripheral nervous system, leading to damage of the protective casing around the nerve cells. While it cannot be proven that the vaccine caused these events, there is some evidence the vaccine triggers the immune system to attack its own nerves. The vaccine didn't cause it. The vaccine was simply an innocent bystander while the nervous system turned on itself. The bastard. That'll be all that non-thinking. You should think before you walk. Okay. Meanwhile, the study also confirmed a three-fold higher risk for a type of heart inflammation called myocarditis. 
heard of that. Myocarditis was seen most commonly in young men. It's believed to be related to immune response triggered by the mRNA vaccines by Pfizer and Moderna, which work by instructing cells to produce the same protein that sits atop the coronavirus. There was a greater than 3.7 times risk of a condition called acute disseminated encephalomyelitis, or thankfully ADEM, which causes swelling in the brain and spinal cord that damages the protective covering of nerve fibres in the brain and spinal cord after the first dose of the Moderna vaccine. I wonder if uh, Moderna included that in the reports they've been paying so much money for on disinformation and malinformation on the internet. Oh, it might cause some brain swelling. Shut up! The study also found that after getting the first dose of the AstraZeneca vaccine, there were 1.9 and 3.9 times increased risk of traverse myelitis and ADEM, respectively. That's astonishing, and I think, according to Pierre Corey, would warrant in any other medicine its withdrawal. Bell's palsy, which causes temporary weakness or paralysis of the muscles on one side of the face, had an increased odds of 1.05 after a first dose of the Pfizer vaccine. Just remember the hysteria that surrounded reluctance, hesitancy, and even conversation at the period of endorsing and sometimes mandating of this product. That when I see somebody out in the world who's not wearing a mask, I instantly think you are a threat <laughs> or you are selfish or you are a COVID denier and you definitely haven't been vaccinated. There was also a 1.3 to 1.4 times greater risk of having a seizure following the first and second doses of the Moderna vaccine, as well as the fourth dose of the Pfizer vaccine. After a first dose of the AstraZeneca vaccine, there was a three times greater than expected risk of cerebral venous sinus thrombosis. The risk after the first dose of the Pfizer vaccine and after the second dose were 1.49 and 1.25 times higher. I feel that what this study does, given the nature of its backers, is provides mitigation, highlights the excessive and increased risk of AstraZeneca, which has already been publicly lambasted, and attempts to sort of ameliorate this total mistrust and disgust that we feel towards that industry and all interfacing systems. That could be public health agencies, departments of health, government agencies, legacy media propaganda, online censorship. It just revealed so much that this is beyond too little, too late. This is simply a revelation that you're better off trusting your own instinct and broad mistrust of authority than anything they ever tell you again. CVST is a rare but serious condition characterised by the formation of blood clots in the large channels that drain blood from the brain and deliver it back to the heart after the AstraZeneca vaccine. Also after the first dose of the AstraZeneca vaccine, there was a 1.07 times higher risk of thrombocytopenia, a condition characterised by a lower than normal number of platelets in the blood. After a third dose of CHADOX1, the risk notably rose to 1.95. Significantly higher than expected cases of pericarditis, inflammation of the sac-like structure that surrounds the heart, were also observed following the first and fourth doses of Moderna's vaccine. The Global COVID Vaccine Safety Project is supported by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and the Department of Health and Human Services. Several of the authors receive financial support from or have relationships with government agencies, including the CDC, the New Zealand Ministry of Health and the Canadian Institutes of Health Research, which they disclosed as potential conflicts of interest. I suppose the revelation of those conflicts of interest suggests that this is a pretty measured assessment of that data, i.e. when the CDC and Pfizer and everyone got together to say, look, this is actually now approaching fever pitch and potentially some significant and disruptive event. Let's ensure that we get favourable organisations and figures involved so that this information, even though it's now unavoidable because too many people have been negatively impacted, at least it will come out in a way that we can somewhat manage and it doesn't perhaps reach the full pitch of unmitigated disaster that 
is warranted. Several of the researchers also reported having relationships or having previously received payments from biopharmaceutical companies Gilead Sciences Inc., Abivi Inc., Pfizer and GlaxoSmithKline. Pfizer told the New York Post in a statement that while it was not involved in this study, we welcome independent research and academic discourse to advance the study of COVID-19. Oh, well, one thing we know about Pfizer and Moderna is they welcome open discourse. Moderna have already been proven to be monitoring and censoring vocal opponents of their products, even when they're telling the truth. I know this from personal experience. Even when you've said only true things like the vast profits they've been accruing, the members of their team that have been appointed from government agencies, the vast sums of taxpayer monies that they've received, the adverse events that their products demonstrably cause, they've been spending money censoring it. And also government agencies have been contributing to censoring comparable information. This is the best possible presentation of an absolute global disaster. The global disaster you knew it to be. The evidence you knew it to be of hypocrisy and corruption. They're shutting the door after the horse has bolted and sort of saying that, oh, sorry that that horse bolted, when in effect they murdered that horse, melted it down for glue, and then sold that glue to you using your taxpayer dollars, if you want a complex analogy. Safety is a top concern for all of us. It doesn't seem like it. It seems like secrecy is a top concern and safety's there with a couple of years later when it's absolutely bloody unavoidable. All of us and Pfizer and BioNTech take reports of side effects that are potentially associated with our COVID-19 vaccine very seriously and censor them over many, many years. Since its initial authorization for use in December 2020, the Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine has been administered to more than 1.5 billion people. That's 1.5 billion people. That's an extraordinary number and an extraordinary profit and an extraordinary delay before telling a small portion of an extraordinary truth. Has demonstrated a favourable safety profile in all age groups and has helped protect against severe COVID-19 outcomes, including hospitalisation and death, the company added. Yeah, thanks for that. God, did we say thank you already? Did you not get enough dances on late night TV? Do you want some more people to get tattooed? When will you be happy? Money, cultural celebration, turning your disgusting brand into a kind of ideology? What do these people do? Well, also, Albert Baller would like each of you to massage his shoulders once a week. Well, I would, but my left hand's not working. Also, I can't think or walk. Well, you'll have to get there somehow. Moderna and AstraZeneca did not immediately respond to requests for comment. Either they were counting their money or counting their victims. I want you to hold in your mind what we just watched together on Legacy Media. Essentially, the kind of reasoned discourse that could have been available to us from the beginning had it not been for the deliberate, publicly funded and privately funded, illegal, in my view, and potentially more broadly, censorship that took place during the pandemic period. You were right, not them. You were right from the beginning. I suspect that this massive study is an attempt to mitigate and control the information. I don't at this point expect transparency, clarity and largesse from organisations that have behaved so appallingly in the last three years. I feel that this is a point where we have to hold the line, stay clear and stay awake. That's if you're able to think and walk for some circumspect reason connected to self-preservation. Hey, but that's just what I think. Remember, become a subscriber and also support our content if you can because we're ahead of the curve in one or two other areas, I suspect, and you might want to hear where we're going. Stay free. No, here's the fucking news.